Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me. This is Rob Scott, and this is my podcast with a view. Um, today, I was uh, kind of a little nostalgic today. Um, it's been just a little over a year. This is the end of June was the anniversary of my divorce. So it's been a year. It's been a very challenging year uh, for me. Uh, I was thinking the other day that uh, it took me almost like nine months to be able to find a place to uh, lay my head and call my own, <laughs> if you can believe that. You know, I um, basically uh, packed up everything, and I think April of last year went out and stayed with my brother for about seven or eight months in Ohio and worked there with him and did a lot of work on his farm and things like that. And then I came out here to Utah to be closer to my, my kids and my grandkids, and then I was staying with some I was staying with some friends for a few a couple of months until I found a place to live and finally got moved in here and uh, have a place to uh, actually I can call my own and it's it's taken a little while to kind of get myself squared away but I think I'm about there and uh, trying to get my life back what I can uh, consider normal. <laughs> I don't know. This is that new normal, I guess. And I don't know if I'll ever have a normal uh, life, I guess, uh, compared to what I had before the 14 years that I had. I guess I can't really compare that, that I had this brand new life in front of me. Uh, my sister-in-law, Leslie, told me this is an opportunity to uh, start fresh and to, uh, you know, take on the world and you can start and be anything and anyone you want to be. And I agree with her, you know, and I feel like I've made a lot of, I think I've made a lot of progress over the last year. Um, I spent a lot of time moaning and groaning and spent a lot of time hating and trying to figure out what happened. And uh, so I got some answers, but a lot of, there's still a lot of questions that I don't know if I'll ever get answers to. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm coming to an understanding that that's okay, um, and that I may not ever get those answers, and um, and I've got to be I got to be happy uh, with that understanding, and um, and you know move on, which I am. You know, it's it's been good since I've been here in Utah and uh, working and um, seeing my seeing my family and my my kids and my grandkids and being able to play with them and. And enjoying that time with them, I really do. And I've just been working a lot. That's been a, a biggest savior, I think, is that I've just been working a lot, and it, so it keeps my mind off stuff, except for the drive time. <laughs> I have an hour and a half drive out, and an hour and a half drive back. So it uh, sometimes little thoughts of things creep in, and and uh, kind of bring up you know past, and and uh, some some of it's good, some of it's not so good. So. Anyway, but I was listening to um, I was listening to some podcasts today. I've been trying to educate myself, doing a lot of uh, listening to like scriptures and and books I'm reading and things like that. And I have uh, um, audios of these things, so I've been trying to do that and use that time effectively. And today I, I chose to listen to some podcasts, and I was listening to uh, to Ben Shapiro, and he was he was doing a sh- he was doing one of his shows, and I think it's called Backstage, where he has Clavin and Walsh, and he had Candace Owens there, and they were all talking about current events and the administration and things like that. And the gist the, the gist of all the program that I was listening to was um, was basically how 
uh, how as a conservative uh, you we can try to I guess the word would be fight back with all the the negative far left ideology and institutionalized kind of uh, doctrine and propaganda that's going on in 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 our in our country today. You know we're battling a lot. We have you know the media isn't on our side. Uh, big tech isn't on our side. Corporations on our side. And now we have a we have what I think is an administration that has been been taken over by the far left and its ideologies. Um, where we disrespect we disrespect authority. We don't have any respect for policing anymore. Everybody wants to get rid of policing. Cops are, you know, either quitting early, they're they're retiring early. You're they're not being replaced, and it's just creating a lot of a lot of a lot of problems. Uh, crime has gone up in cities where these where these police departments have been just demolished, and basically these police officers just don't want to do it anymore because. If they do something wrong, they're crucified. If they do something, if they do their job right, they're crucified. And there's just no in between anymore. And I feel for, I feel for them. You know, I, uh, I had two brothers, and a lot of my family members are all police officers. And of course, they retired before a lot of this social justice and all this crap started coming into into play. And you know, I, I, they've told me that I don't think that I would ever would have gotten into policing if, it, if the environment was the way it is today. And I feel sorry for these guys uh, who are do, still trying to do their job and, and, and not being able to, to um, perform their job the way that they're supposed to perform their job for fear of losing their job, for fear of being you know, ridiculed and you know, charged with things that they sh- it's, it's crazy. It's just nuts. And... Um, they were talking about how can we fight back. You know, it seems like the the it's it's almost like a lost cause, and it's it's really it really isn't. And uh, they talked about how uh, conservative people, programs like you know Ben Show and other people who are doing conservative ideas to have a voice and speak out, right? And um, and I thought that was really important. And and then you know thinking about that, I was thinking about my marriage and my divorce. And one of the saddest things that that when I think about my uh, my relationship with Carrie is that we had we had fourteen fifteen very good years and we hardly ever we hardly ever argued and everything else like that. But when it came to this, I I had no voice in this, and that's what really bothered me the most. It you know it was our marriage, not just her marriage, to make a decision on. You know, I and I wasn't included in any in any of the decision making processes that had to do with us. And I thought that was extremely selfish and self centered. And which it is. It's very much self centered. When you're not included in those decision making processes, um, there was no therapy that we that you know, I wanted to go and to go and do therapy. And sit down with a counselor, you know, with a marriage counselor, and and talk about, you know, you know why she wanted to do this. She just was just set in her way. She'd already made her decisions without even talking to me about it, and it was really hurtful. And I and 
listening to these podcasts today for some reason that's why that's where I went with this and um, how important I, I know how I felt when I didn't when I when I didn't have a voice in my own marriage and I don't want to feel that way when it comes to my country and when it comes to um, where this country is going. I don't want to feel like that because I didn't like the way that I felt. I felt cheated. I felt um, unappreciated, unappreciated. I felt like I was lied to. And I don't want to feel that way when it comes to my, I don't want to feel that way when it comes to my country that I live in. I love America. I love here. I love what this country is, stands for. I love its rich history. I love the fact that we have fought wrong. We have fought evil. We have fought abroad and we have fought um, things in this country that have separated us for years and years and years. And we've recognized those things as being wrong and we've, we've, made efforts to fix those things. Now, we're never going to be perfect, but what I like about America, the United States of America and its people, is that we are inherently positive, uh, positive people. And the, the message and the feeling I get, and I've had this for quite a while, is that, and especially with this new administration, is that it's more of a, a pessimistic view of America rather than a positive view and look at America. I'm tired of looking at, I'm tired of being told that I'm a bad person because of the color of my skin. I'm tired of being told that we are a bad country and that everything that we believe in, our constitution and everything, the institution that we're part of is all evil and bad and and it's all based on racism and it's all based on this and we're a terrible country. and things. That's the message that that we are currently being uh, subject to. And that's coming through our media. That's coming through, like I said, coming through our media, big tech, um, corporations, and this president. And he promised to be uni- unifying, and he's not unifying at all. He's very pessimistic. He's very, he's still separate, still doing the separatist thing. And trying to always point out the differences between us as as Americans, instead of looking at the things that are positive about us, you know, and looking past the color of our skin is basically what it is. And we've, you know, it's kind of like almost like we're reverting back to the '60s, except now it's not black skin and now it's white skin that's the problem. And it's very frustrating to me to listen to this garbage and listen to this crap, and. um Listen to this. Listen to what these these leaders are saying. Listen to the Nancy Pelosi's, the Chuck Schumer's, President Biden, uh, Kamala Harris. Just listen to what they say. It's not unifying at all. It, it, it isn't, and it's dangerous. Very dangerous. And uh, I was um, I was looking. I hope I can find it here. Um, Hold on for a minute. There is a uh, an article that um, uh, just give me one minute here. I just got to find it here. Do 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 do. Um, 
about critical race theory, and it was um, the article is written by Christopher Rufo, if, uh, if that's how you say his name. Uh, just real quick, who he is? He's the founder and director of Battlefront. It's a public policy research center. He's a graduate of Georgetown University and a former Lincoln Fellow at the Claremont Institute for the Study of Statesmanship and Political Philosophy. He is he was an executive director of the Com- uh, Documentary Foundation, and he has directed four films for PBS, including most recently America Lost, which explores life in Youngstown, Ohio, Memphis, Tennessee, and Stockton, California. He's also a contributing editor to, to the City Journal, where he um, covers topics including critical race theory, homelessness, addiction, and crime. And he goes into a very, I believe, a very thorough uh, explanation of what critical race theory is, um, you know, what it is, where it came from, its its past and its history, and um, and how the left is using this critical race theory politically against uh, um, you know against against this country today. And uh, part of the article, I'm not you can you can look it up. The the it's um, in premise is the is the article uh, or the publication that you can find this in. And uh, I wanted to read uh, the, the last part of this this article to you. And he says, "How can we how can we battle this critical race theory?" And it's not a, it's being taught in our it's being taught in our schools now. It's being taught in colleges, it's being taught in high school levels. And and you've seen and you've heard through the news many you know many states are now uh, you know Biden's pushing this critical race theory to be taught in, in schools and, and many states are saying we're not teaching this this crap in, in, in our schools it's not going to be taught in our in our as a curriculum in our school it's just not going to happen because it's true it's not true it's a pessimistic terrible look at the way who America is and we're not going to be teaching this and um, he talks about how can we fight back um, on this how can we fight this um, this this teaching this false idea this Marxist idea about who we are he says there are three parts of a, uh, to a successful strategy to defeat the forces of critical race theory. First of all, there's governmental action. Second, grassroots mobilization and an appeal to principle. He said we already seen we've already seen governmental action last year. Trump uh, issued executive orders banning critical race theory based training programs in federal government. Biden, of course, as soon as he gets in, he reverses all that and, and starts this critical race theory uh, again. We're st- we've seen this in, in, in institutions and uh, corporations where you have to go through this critical race theory uh, kind of indoctrination about how bad we are because we're white people and we are inherently bad, that racism is in our genes and it's part of our system. We need to tear the system down. It's all a bunch of garbage. And he talks about what he's, you know, what he's, what some goals and stuff that he's had uh, and what he's done. He says he's organized coalitions of attorneys to file lawsuits against schools and governments, agencies that, oppose, that impose 
critical race theory-based programs on grounds of First Amendment, which protects the citizens uh, from compelled speech, the 14th Amendment, which provides equal protection under the law, and the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which uh, prohibits uh, public institutions from discriminating on the basis of race, which critical race theory does. He says, on a grassroots level, multiracial and bipartisan coalitions is emerging to, uh, to do battle against critical race theory. Parents are mobilizing against racial, racially divisive circular public schools, and employees are increasingly speaking out against the Orwellian reduction in the workplace. And when they see what's happening, Americans are naturally, okay, naturally outraged that critical race theory promotes three ideas, race essentialism, collective guilt, and neo-segregation, which violate the basic principles in equality and justice. Anecdotally, many Chinese Americans have told me uh, that having survived the Cultural Revolution in their former country, they refuse to let the same thing happen here. It's exactly the same thing. In terms of principles, we need to employ our own moral language rather than allow ourselves to be confined by the categories of critical race theory. For example, we often find ourselves debating diversity. Diversity, at, as, as most of us understand, is generally good all things being equal, but it is a secondary value. We should be talking about and aiming at excellence, a common standard that challenges people of all backgrounds to achieve their potential. On the scale of desirable ends, excellence beats out diversity every time. Similarly, in addition to pointing out the, this, the dishonesty of the historical narrative on which critical race theory is predicated, we must promote the true story of America. And this is what I like. These last two paragraphs, I, I just really hit home to me. The true story of America, and this is what it is, a story that is honest about injustices in America, in American history, but that places them in context of our nation's high ideals and the progress we have made towards realizing them. Genuine American history is rich with stories of achievements and sacrifices that will move the hearts of Americans in stark contrast to the grim and pessimistic narrative pressed by critical race theory. Above all, we must have courage, the fundamental virtue required in our time, courage to stand and speak the truth. Not my truth, not Biden's truth, not Kamala Harris's truth. There's only the truth, and that's all there is. There's no variations of the truth, just to let you know. Uh, courage to stand and speak the truth, courage to withstand epitaphs, courage to face the, face the mob, courage to shrug off the scorns of the elites. When enough of us overcome the fear that currently prevents so many from speaking out, the hold on critical race theory will begin to slip. And courage begets courage. It's easy to stop a lone dissenter. It's much harder to stop 10, 20, 100, 1,000, a million or more that stand up together for the principles of America. And these principles, they are under attack, and they are seriously under attack. And it can be almost overwhelmingly uh, difficult to sit there and try to keep up with everything. When you have so much around you, that so many people are against you, that it's hard to, to have a voice and to, and, to, and, to, and to share that voice. It's like trying to tread water, and you keep treading water, and you keep treading water. Well, there's two things. Either 
you're going to learn to swim and you're going to and you're going to swim to safety or you're going to drown. So, you know, me personally, I hate treading water. <laughs> you know, I remember doing that when I was uh, uh, helping my son doing his Eagle Scouts and Eagle Scout uh, merit badges and stuff. And one of those things you had to you had to tread water for a certain amount of time and you had to swim you had to black back and forth at so many meters and things like that. But you had to you had to. Uh, uh, tread water for the longest time. It, it, that's hard. I, it's a very hard thing to do, and I don't. I didn't like it. I was doing it with him so he could have a you know somebody there to to support him and things like that. But I hated it, um, and it's hard. And it is true. Either you learn to swim, and you and you swim to where you need to go, or you or you drown. You just end up drowning. And I think these these far left critical race theory people that just think that they can just keep continue to pound you and pound you and pound you and make you tread water long enough to almost where they you just give up and you drown yourself and then and then and they win or you can tread water you can instead of treading water you can swim and 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 make it to make it you know make it someplace safe and we need to we need to learn not to just tread water here um, we under we need to understand that America is based on principles, good f- principles, family, a community. That we are none of us are perfect. That just because we just because we have different color skin doesn't mean that we aren't um, an American family. That we don't share the same values and we don't share share the same principles. We don't share the same truths. We all need to get on board us to what the true story of America is and stop listening to this bullshit that these people are trying to throw at us. That means you have to get involved with your kids at school and don't let your schools teach this garbage because it's, it's dangerous. It's dangerous. And it's, 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 it's just, I, to me, it's, it's dangerous and evil. It, it, it that's, it, it's, it's giving you a version of the American of, of America. That's not true. And it, there's only one reason for it, and that is for people to have power over us and control you, and control you and me. And that's the only thing it is: is if they can separate us and they can keep us separate and keep you know having us look at each other as whites and, and blacks and Asians and, and Hispanics and all the other variations out there. If they can continue to sit there and, and uh, tear, try to tear down the institutions. This is, I love. I love America. I don't want this in our country. Okay. I don't want it. And I think that I speak for a lot of people out there that don't want it. And this is one of the reasons why I started this podcast. I know I'm one voice, but if I have one person that, that will listen to me and say, you know what? I don't believe what I'm hearing in the media as well. I don't like what I'm hearing from our administration. I don't like what I hear from our president and the negative and pessimistic view that he has about of America. Okay, there's no unification here. There's no attempt at unification here. It's indoctrination and it's a pessimistic, terrible view of America. And I refuse to accept it. I refuse to allow that. And I and I and if, if I can get on here every night and sit there and say the same thing, and uh, and share, and hopefully somebody s- says to themselves, "Hey, I'm I feel the same way," and I just feel that the the majority of American people feel the same way. That they're tired of not being able to live their religion. They're tired of not being able to talk about their faith. They're they're tired of being canceled. They're tired of being told what to do by the government. 
quote unquote, the government. Um, they're tired of working hard and having to submit themselves to the government and seeing the government continue to take more and more and more from us and uh, controlling us. And we are, I just think that there's a lot of people out there that feel the same way that I do, and you need to have a voice. And then he ends, he says, truth and justice is on our side, and we must muster courage to win this battle. And that's what we are. We are in a battle for the soul of this country. Um, President Biden was, uh, I guess he was doing a speech at the uh, 100th anniversary of the Tulsa massacre that happened in 1921. And um, in his remarks, and this is, I, I, I read this and I went, geez, this guy is just like, like how in the hell did this guy get elected a president with this kind of mentality and this kind of just hate for America? And he made a, he made a couple of statements that I just thought were just unbelievable. And he says that we need to stop pretending that this didn't happen. And I thought to myself, who's pretending that this didn't happen? It's in our history you know, we know it's true. Uh, nobody's pretending. Who's pretending, you know, President? Who, who's actually pretending that this never took place? You know, and, and, he, and he goes into critical race theory. He goes into all, all the racial problems that we have in this country and that, we're, that we really haven't made any progress since 1921 and that we're falling back to the Jim Crow t- days and stuff like It was, like, ridiculous. And then, he, and then he makes a statement that he says that he says the number one um, um, threat to our homeland is white supremacy. <laughs> and I thought of all the problems that we have in this, all the things that are in this country that we need to worry about, white supremacy is like so low on that list that I can't even believe that he would even bring that up. And he's bringing it up to, to, to continue this narrative that America is a bad place and that the institution is bad and it needs to be torn down and you need to give the government power to take care of because they're the only ones that can fix it. That's what this is all about. And I just couldn't believe it. I said, you got to be kidding me. You mean uh, America losing its faith and over for the first time in over since, you know, since, for the first time in in history in America, less than fifty percent of its citizens uh, want to be recognized as going going to church or or um, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? I just lost the word. Associating themselves with a particular uh, religion, um, and we're t- and, and our kids and the, and the younger and the, these these thirty five to forty year olds that I think. That, was most you know because if you look at the older generation there, they um, they attach themselves to a particular religion. They believe in a certain religion and they live their religious principles. And it's just in the last decade where we've seen that shift from people who go to church who believe in a certain religion and they're not, and then they're teaching their children to do the same things. Guess what? Those are where those are where your faith are taught. That's where uh, love for fellow man are taught. All the principles of family and. Uh, and husband and wife, all these things, all those principles are taught in those religious foundations. And now we have less than 50% of the people. So that could be, to me, is a more detrimental thing than white supremacy in America. How about free speech and having our, having our, having our ability to be able to share our thoughts and letting big tech and corporations take away uh, that, that ability to be able to share with our friends um, and have conversations, have debate, 
and get to the truth of things rather than just having somebody fact check everything that we say. And if they don't like the what they think is true, then it's taken down and we're and, and we're removed if we disagree with them. How about that, Joe? How about our First Amendment rights being taken away from us? Huh? How about that? How about looking at behavior instead of the color of the skin? How about looking at behavior of uh, different um, uh, different people rather than just looking at the color of their skin? Okay, um, you look at the black community. Seventy-five um, percent of the children that are born are born to just a, a mother in the home. There's no father in the home. Um, you know. The death rate of black American males, 98% are killed by another black male. Uh, these are all things that are more dangerous to our homeland, to us as a, as, as a, as a nation, than white supremacy. I just don't, I don't get the connection. I, I, I think what, and I would like to see, what I'd like to see is I'd like to see the data on that, and I'd like to see, see the statistics on that, and where you came up with that number. What my feeling is, is that you're not going to be able to give me a data on that. You're not going to be able to give me numbers on that, because it's made up, and it's a lie. That's all it is. And I'm, I'm tired, I'm too old to listen to a bunch of people lie to me anymore. All I want is the truth. That's all I want. And I can read, and most, most people in America can read, and they can judge for themselves what's true and what's false. And you can feel it when you hear these people talk about this stuff. Not only, and, and give, me my, give me my data, let me make the decisions on my own. I don't need somebody uh, um, interpreting those things for me. Um, I don't need a spin on it. I don't need CNN or any of the other uh, outlets uh, give me their spin, their negative spin on things. Just give me the data and let me make decisions on my own. All right, let me have a discussion with somebody with facts. You know, prepare me and, and feed me facts, and I can I, and, and I'll stand on my own two feet because I'm interested in that. I'm not interested in a bunch of BS anymore. I'm just not. If, uh, you know, going through my divorce, I I just I'm tired of uh, being. I'm tired of being lied to. I'm tired of being uh, showing faith in, in some in someone and, and, and faith in, in, in our government and things like that. And I'm tired of it, to tell you the truth. And I just want honesty and I just want truth. And, I, and that's what America is is all about. We're, we are a company. We are a country that are people that are good people, and we care about each other. And we just want our government, we don't want our government to be honest with us. We don't want to be taken advantage of. We don't want to be lied to. And, um, and that's what's happening in the world. That's what's happening in our country today. And the average American person, if you go out there and you really go out and you walk, you, you go, go to the grocery store, go to the malls, go anywhere. I don't care where you go. You're going to find great attitudes about America out there and it's all walks of life all skin colors it doesn't matter it doesn't matter everybody has a positive attitude except for these ding-dongs that are running our country and they're trying to push a narrative that just isn't true and we got to fight it and we have to push back and we have to have a voice and i hope that my podcast in some way helps someone else to have a voice and not be afraid to you know to stick out, not to be, you know, not be afraid to be peculiar and be different than somebody else. And don't let these people bully you into, uh, 
into submission or make you afraid to stand up on your own two feet and stand up for what is right, stand up for the truth, stand up for facts, because look at the, look at the alternative. <laughs> I don't want to look at the alternative. We've, we've seen the alternative play out in history in other countries and in other countries' histories and things like that. We've seen it already. It's not a pretty picture, and I don't want it here in America. Listen, uh, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Um, like I said, if you like what you like my podcast, please uh, subscribe. Um, if you have any comments, please uh, get me at uh, rob at robscottpodcast.com. You can get my uh, look at my uh, check out my website. I post all my uh, my episodes there as well. That's robscottpodcast.com. And check me out on all the uh, all your favorite uh, platforms. Uh, and uh, whatever you like to, you know, whatever platform you like to listen to. Listen, I really appreciate you listening. <laughs>